Praise the Lord. Welcome to episode four of season three, Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Walls fall in Jesus' name. We must pray, we must fast, we must love and obey. He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord, He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord, He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord, He is the King Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! <laughs> Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord Jesus! Thank you, Lord Jesus! Thank you, Father God! Thank you, Lord Jesus! Praise the Lord Jesus Christ! God is good! As we praise the Lord Jesus Christ, the beautiful, joyful presence of God comes down upon us and inhabits. The Lord lives inside of the praises of his saints. And that joyful presence of God that comes down, his life that's deposited in us is the strength that we need to continue moving on here in these last days. Uh, God is so good. I'm so grateful for you to be joining another episode of Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast. Uh, I am your host, your encouraging brother, Josh, a.k.a. Preach, and it is good to be here. Preach in the word of God. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Hallelujah. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come, and that time is now, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And as a result of their own lust, remember, Everybody, when they're tempted, they're drawn away of their own lust and enticed. And then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. When you're drawn away from God because of your own lust, uh, verse 4. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall, by God, be turned unto fables. In these last days, these last minutes of time, people are believing strange doctrines, going after strange flesh. They're 
producing strange fire and convincing people who are not saved that they are saved. And then those saved, uh, uh, those unsaved children of hell, because they become twice a child of hell, those, those people then justify themselves in that false salvation. And they end up attacking and persecuting church people who are doing the will of the Lord from the heart. God does not judge us according to man's standards. God judges us according to his standards. It's always what Jesus is doing inside of us that will keep us uh, saved. What Jesus does in us is going to be uh, a reflection of his finished work on the cross in our lives. The finished work on the uh, on the cross will, will be reflected in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, according to his truth. It will always go back to what the word of God says. And that's why we use this word of God in order to preach, in order to teach, in order to exhort, in order to instruct that the man of God or woman of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. The Lord Jesus Christ reproves the churches in the book of Revelations and tells them, I know you, I know your works, but I, I have something against you still, saith the Lord. I know your works. Verse 2, chapter 2, I of Revelations, I, Revelation, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are uh, evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. Hallelujah. And so when you uh, are a liar, according to 1 John chapter 2, uh, 1 John, who John also wrote the book of Revelation, chapter 2 verse 4 says, He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth, who is Jesus, is not in him. And so uh, back to Revelation, he says, uh, read verse two again. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. I can't stand the false apostle. I cannot stand them. And the Lord does not rebuke this church per this this church because of that you know because of that uh desire to either cast those people out of the church uh or to you know to show them that they are off you know because that's the love of the Lord Jesus Christ is that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we are to love our neighbor as ourself. And we have to love the neighbor. It says we must, and you can go back to season one where I talked about this. Thou shalt not hate your neighbor, but you shall in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and shall not suffer sin upon them. You know, your neighbor might not know that they are doing something wrong or cleaving to a lie. They might not know. And so the Lord might put you in that person's path so that you might uh, be the word of God to them, that you might be Jesus to them and give them life. Do you understand? By correcting, because reproof of uh, the reproof of instruction is the way of life. This is how we stay uh, in the Lord. 
This is how we stay it. And you see, if we go over to Corinthians, uh, we say uh, this will be Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. And I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I'm excited about today's episode. I'm so happy for it. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. But first Corinthians, uh, sorry, Second Corinthians uh, chapter 10, we're going to look really quickly at verse number three. For though we walk in the flesh, and when he says we walk in the flesh here, he doesn't mean we walk after the works of the flesh. He means we still live in these fleshly bodies. We still have this skin. We're still subject to some of the ailments of the flesh. You know, your uh, you might have an accident and then your uh, hand gets chopped off in the accident and now you have one hand. Now, you know, if there was some willful sin you're committing against the Lord again and again and again, and he's like, I need you to stop doing that so that way I can live in you and work through you. And since you won't cut off your hand, I'm going to chop your hand off for you. Now, if that's you and you know and your hand's chopped off and you're like, oh, man, you know, well, I shouldn't have been doing that with my hand. That's one thing. But, you know, if there's not something that you know that is offensive to God that you would know about, you know, you know about it. Uh, and you have that accent, your hand gets chopped off, you know, the Lord wants you to continue to serve him and love love him anyway, you know, because we are living in this fleshly body, this body of death. We are living in this body that is going to decay and shut down on us. Uh, it's, gonna, it's, it's going to, you know, by, by the Lord Jesus Christ stripes, we are healed, amen, yes we are. However, you know, you, we still are subject to the elements in this world. Though we are in the flesh, we're in the flesh. We live in this flesh. So that's what he means. We, Though we walk in the flesh, amen, we do not war after the flesh, however. We cannot allow our Christianity to take us to a place of the wrath of man. Because as we'll see later in James, which we're in, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so we do not make our Christian war after the flesh. And these false apostles will always, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, some of them will square up with you. <laughs> you know, they'll, uh, they get a, they get, they get a jolt of joy out of, out of their uh, wrath, their own personal wrath. They enjoy that because they're carnal and they're not of the Lord. And so, but, but Paul is telling us, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, so you can't use your carnal mind, your carnal logic, your carnal judgment, your carnal eyesight to make war uh, in, in, our, in, in, in this faith. We don't do that. We don't use the, the swords, uh, uh, fleshly swords. You know, uh, we don't use metal swords. We don't use that. We use the sword of the word of God. And we cannot use our carnal logic to try to be spiritual because it'll never work out. It'll never make sense. You know, you, you, you might see somebody have uh, some sort of, uh, you know, mishap and think, oh, well, they must have been sinning. <laughs> but the Lord shows us that that is not the way things go. Because if you look at the book of Job, Job was doing nothing. And all his friends came over to him and said, uh, you know, well, what you, you must have sinned, brother. And this whole time. They look at his misfortune, and instead of having compassion, they have they, they come with judgment to his misfortune. Now, had Job been in sin, amen, then the judgment would have come upon him, and it would have been the right thing to do to give the Lord's judgment and let him know, hey, brother, 
sister, maybe this tornado just came and took away your house because you continuously uh, live after the lust of your flesh. You know, I've seen it. Everybody else sees it. We, we told it to you. You're not listening. Other people are telling it to you. You're not listening. The Lord's going to destroy your works. And he's doing that out of mercy so that one day your soul will be saved, so that you can be separated from that wrong thinking that shows you that God does not care about the right way. We must never, ever, ever think that, you know, we are exempt or immune from uh, being chastised by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we praise and thank the Lord, we should be able to get up to the throne of God by the blood of Jesus and get answers from the Lord. And more importantly, get a response from God's presence that lets us know that we are his. His spirit reaching into our spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are indeed the children of God. And if that's ever not happening for you or you're having a difficult time or, you know, you're trying to, you know, just, I don't know, pass over it. I don't know what you'd be doing. But it, it, the, the important thing is to ask. Ask the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus is there anything in between me and you, Father? Is there anything in my life, Lord, that is preventing me, Lord, from getting into your presence? Lord, is there anything at all in my heart, Father? Because you see the hearts of all men. You see the heart, Lord. You see the inward parts. And Lord, I pray that your truth will be in the inward parts in my life. And also right now in the lives of the listeners, Father, I pray that you will bless this uh, podcast, this episode, Lord Jesus, and allow, Father, for your truth, Lord Jesus, to be magnified. Father, be lifted up right now, Lord Jesus, so that we could understand and come to you and be converted, Father God, and be healed and have truth in our inward parts. I ask it, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you and praise you. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. It's so good to praise the Lord. It's so good to praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. The Lord wants us to talk about his wonderful works, and he's going to show us great and mighty works as we continue to participate in this warfare. Fair. Let's go back to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through his spirit. He says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Which means we need to be, uh, as I've been saying, saturated in God's presence. Hallelujah. He wants a separation between us and the things of this world so that we can be saturated in the presence of God. And it doesn't mean that we walk around in some religious robe or, or torn up and, oh, I can't do anything fun. I have to walk around and whip myself on the back or, you know, wear sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> no, it just means that we are always ready for the Holy Spirit to move upon us, that we might meet that person in the parking lot and, you know, they're going to comment or say something to us and we're going to say, okay, you know, I, this person just spoke to me for no real reason at all. Lord, I know this is an open door for you, from you. Therefore, I'm going to go ahead and walk in it and I'm going to preach, you know, according to the Spirit of God because anybody can just walk around saying, Jesus loves you. You know, Jesus loves you. But then what you have to do is you have to have the anointing of the Lord on you. It needs to be on you so that when people come to you and they want to get free 
uh, or the Lord opens up a door for them to be able to see their need for the freedom, that you will have the anointing present to be able to pray with them or to be able to rebuke the demons out of them or to be able to, uh, you know, pre give them a word in due season. This is how we make war against the devil. It's through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, through living the gospel of Jesus Christ, through allowing our Lord God, our merciful, wonderful captain of our salvation, allowing him to dwell in our hearts by faith. Isn't that wonderful? Everything we receive from God and can do in God is done by the faith of Jesus Christ, by the power of the living God living in us and working through us. His purpose on his time frame, not when we say, but when he says, hallelujah. And he wants us to be ready. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to be in season, uh, instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So uh, for though, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. <laughs> Those strongholds fall in the name of Jesus Christ. When you preach sound doctrine, lies that people have lived in and experienced, the enemy will come in and speak a lie to you, a word, a thought, you are dumb. And then a circumstance will happen. Uh, you fail a test. And so that lie becomes strengthened and you start to believe that lie. That is is the foundation of a stronghold to which the enemy then can come in and stand in that place in your mind and he can control you. He can control portions of your life from that high tower, from that stronghold, from that high place in you. And through the word of God and only preaching sound doctrine anointed under the blood of Jesus, can those strongholds be broken? There's a song. Strongholds are coming down. Jesus be lifted high. That's powerful because that's the most wonderful thing for a person who is being tormented by demons or a person who lives their life and they're in a bondage or they have an issue and you are able to preach liberty to the captives. Those people are captives, so you could preach liberty to them. That's wonderful. That is the gospel. That's the good news is that you can be free because nobody's happy in sin. The Bible says there's no peace, saith God, to the wicked. Now, when a person's living in wickedness, they're able to hide themselves in all of the sinful things. So you start indulging in the lust that's in this world, and that lust will blind your You'll be blinded by the enemy. The deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. It is deceitful. It is deceptive. And it hardens your heart to the reality of God. Yes, but also to, to who you really are. The devil is a liar. And so he'll have you painting your, your, your face. He'll have you dyeing your hair. Not that those things are wrong, but, you know, he'll have you doing that. And uh, going places, doing things, involving yourself in all these different activities and it's not really, it's definitely not who you're created by God to be, but it goes against your own soul. The Bible says, uh, he that sins against God wrongs his own soul. You, you wrong your own soul. And so we're looking at that in Proverbs in chapter 8. 
Uh, but before I, I before and I'll and I'll share that in a minute. I want to go ahead and finish out here in uh, first or in Second Corinthians. Uh, so you tear down those strongholds in people's minds that allow them to to live so contrary to God's word and also so contrary to themselves. Verse five: casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That is only possible with the spirit of the living God living inside of you, working truth in those inward parts. That's why we seek the Lord. That's where the power from on high comes from. He gives us that power so that we can be true witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ that he is God, that he has come in the flesh, that he has come bringing freedom from sin, that he is the anointed one. He is the chosen one. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so, uh, verse 6, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And then we're supposed to reign in this life. Hallelujah. Letting Christ reign in our life mortal bodies that's what we're supposed to do and so you're gonna be humble to do that you know you need to be humble because you need to be making sure that every single thought that uh exalts itself in your own mind against the word of god is brought into obedience it's it's brought into submission cast it out you know jesus cast out spirits with the word of god and so God is good. And so uh, let me go ahead and just finish up that other scripture. Uh, mm, hallelujah. Do you look on things? This is verse seven. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? Are you carnal minded? Or is your eyesight carnal? Are you making war based on what you are seeing here in the flesh? Because that's a that's a ju- that you're judging the wrong thing. Are you looking at people's stature or their uh, outward? Are you respecting persons? This is sin. If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. Nobody is above that place of. Uh, where you just can't be corrected anymore, and you would, and you would, uh, you know, turn our way and, ju- and turn us away, turn people away, and just because you rest on your title or your position, and you think that just because you're you become this or you become this or become this, you're Christ, and now you get to say somebody else isn't because they don't have that same thing. That's looking on the outward and not paying attention to what the Spirit of God is doing behind the scenes in the heart. Hallelujah. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your destruction, uh, I should not be ashamed. Uh, So Paul here is now combating other people who are carnal minded and people who are, you know, either in it for the power or in it for, you know, the position to prestige. I don't know. I never would have thought Christianity and the world standards would be anything like prestige or you know, a power grab at all. You know what I mean? It's just really not. Christians are a reproach unto this world. And so when you have worldly precepts uh, like, you know, 
position grabbing or, you know, glory even according to the world standards, I think the last thing you would think of is a Christian as being glorious. <laughs> you know, the world is deceived, but, you know, going after your own personal glory is a carnal thing. And so, you know, that just, I don't know, to me, it just doesn't fit. Let me look at verse nine, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. So I, this is, this is, this is wonderful. Listen, folks. So Paul is, I'm not, Paul said, I'm not a fleshly carnal person. All right. So I don't come over to you, uh, boasting myself to be some grand thing at all, but the spirit of the Lord in me is mighty. And I've got all authority to say everything the Lord has put in front of me to say, and I will do that because, uh, I will not sin against the Lord by refusing to, to open up my mouth. You know, the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel and to, and to reprove and to rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. And so when people saw him, they would go, well, well, he doesn't seem to look at, you know, I'm seeing him uh, first face to face. And, you know, he's he's not, uh, you know, he doesn't seem like the person he is in his letters <laughs> or his podcast. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he says, uh, look, verse nine again, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. Verse 10, for his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. He's not even that good at speaking. <laughs> he's, you know, he's all stuttered up. And, you know, these are people who judge according to the flesh. And, you know, they're unwise. They're unwise. It's unwise to do that. You have to be able to know that it's Jesus in front of you. You know, that Jesus Christ is living in the person in front of you, no matter how they look on the outside. Uh, and definitely don't be judging off of carnal, uh, you know, stuff. Like somebody comes in and they're, you know, a guy and his arms are all puffed out and he's all big. And he's like, look how strong of a Christian I am when I walk into the room. You know what I mean? That's of the devil because you're the bride of Christ. So you're already giving off the wrong image. You know what I mean? Not as though men should be effeminate in any way, but... It's let's simmer down. Amen. Uh, for his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak. That's because he is not warring after the flesh. He's not going to come in and try to exalt himself and take the highest seat in the room. Amen. But he is, but he's sending these letters to the church because he's walking in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is something we're all supposed to be doing. This is a continuous process. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, he's, and then he goes on to say, but if you really need me, you know, to, uh, to come and, and, uh, and, and be, you know, be all puffed up like you are, then I will. You know, I'll come, I'll come right up there. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, he's like, I'm just trying to be meek in front of you so that you might be, uh, so that you might be made better. You know, you might be made better. Paul, these things are are good for us to be corrected and to be have leaders that are going to be humble and quiet, you know, so that you can shine. That's for your benefit because they already know who they are in Christ. You are nothing in Christ. You're nothing in the body. You don't have anything going on for you, really. 
uh, you might just be loud and so you think that being loud and boisterous is the way for you to make a splash or you know you to be something but the Lord has not trusted you with an office because he can't because you might be carnal and so he can't have your carnality in a position of authority or power because if you get that way then you will certainly ruin people underneath you you know, because you might have been ruining some people before because you don't put a bridle over your tongue. You don't let the Lord, you don't even know when the, the spiritual side of Jesus, the spiritual side of having the Lord Jesus Christ live in you. You know, preaching the gospel, being instant, in season, out of season, reproving, rebuking according to what the Bible says. Amen. Let me go ahead and look at now Proverbs chapter 8 so you can see when you're sinning against yourself, uh, when you're sinning against the Lord, it's a strong, there's strongholds that get put in place here. And then you, you, you're wronging yourself. Verse uh, 36, of chapter 8, Proverbs. Hallelujah. Actually, I'm going to go up a little bit. And just to look at how beautiful this is, we're, this is Christian Bible podcast. So we love Bible here. There's lots of Bible. Get ready. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, so praise the Lord. Uh, amen. We'll go to verse 32. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hallelujah. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. So listen to instruction. No matter how it comes to you, listen to it so you can be wise and don't refuse instruction. Don't refuse edification. Verse 34, blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me, find life. This is wisdom. This is Jesus. This is the knowledge of God. This is the Holy Spirit. Whoso findeth me, findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Hallelujah. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. And you know, there's a lot of people in the church that hate the word of God. They hate it. They hate to live it out. They hate when somebody tries to correct them on it. Uh, they want to make God progressive and new, and he's not ever going to be that way. He rejects that. And uh, they don't accept the real Jesus. They accept the false Jesus that they're in charge of. And that is not the way to the Lord's heart. That is not the way to heaven. That is the way to hell. That's the way that seems right unto a man. Those are the ways of death. Now go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure. You see, sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. When you do that, okay, he that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall be destroyed, and that without remedy. So, you see, when you correct people or when you're looking at people in the church, you know, there's a certain type of person to which 
uh, when correction comes to them or when some sort of reproof or, or comes to them, you know, they they reject it. That rejecting of that, well, no, that doesn't really. However they sound when they say it, they reject it. That rejecting is the, that is opposition to the spirit of God. That is an opposition to Jesus. Well, I'm not going to listen to this person because, you know, they're older than me or they're, or they're I mean, they're younger than me or, or they're this or they're this. Or I'm not going to, they don't really know my story. They don't need to. The Lord does. Now, obviously, this is, this is when you're getting corrected, godly correction, and it's biblical. If you could point it out in the Bible, then submit to it. Do you understand? Submit to it. And, 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 or at least take it up to the Lord in prayer. At least take it to God in prayer so that you can live. This is how we live. Amen? This is how we live. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish this out, and then I'll get us into uh, our... Uh, this beautiful thing we have today. So let me go ahead. Uh, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Verse five, but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. Today we have an incredibly special guest um, it's, this is, this is awesome. Normally the testimonies aren't going to, aren't this long, but this is our first pastor on the podcast. Hallelujah. And he's a good one. Uh, you know, pastor, uh, this is pastor Jerry and I just, we're going to let him tell his story here. And I feel so blessed that he's come on to do that. Pastor Jerry has been an inspiration to me since I met him. You know, pastor Jerry is younger than me. Uh, in the physical, and you know, he's younger of age than I am. And so, but you know, I never, ever, ever let something like as dumb as that stop me from sitting down and listening to every single thing that I could that was from God that fell out of his mouth at any time. You know, keeping my ears open, you know, because I'm not puffed up. And when the Lord is speaking, you know, because Jesus was in the flesh with the disciples and they had no idea. Uh, I'm sorry, the Pharisees, they had no idea that it was Jesus there, you know, because they weren't uh, they weren't waiting at his gates. They weren't uh, they weren't uh, they weren't they weren't hearkening and being wise. That's they weren't doing that. And so, um, you know, they had no idea that it was Jesus. I never want that to be me. I never, ever, ever want to be at a place in my life where somebody is delivering the word of God to me and I don't recognize it because it doesn't look a certain way because I'm being carnal-minded in my flesh or looking at things on the outward appearance or no, I never want to reject God's love and God's mercy in that way. And so I never have around uh Around anybody, and, and not around Jerry. And so when, uh, I'm sorry, Pastor Jerry. So when Pastor Jerry uh, was speaking and saying stuff, I'm gonna, I'm listening to it, you know. And he taught. So, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say before I, I go ahead and put on his testimony, which is powerful, and I pray that you enjoy it. I know you will. Uh, but so in the very beginning of our theme song here, <laughs> uh, there's some Hebrew, and that is something that you know is close to Pastor Jerry's heart the Hebrew language, uh, but that's something, that's, that's something that he taught me at the, at the time when I was around him, and I never forgot it, 
and I wrote it in Bibles because it was so beautiful. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe. Hallelujah. And now, if you want to hear me do it in the Hebrew, you're going to have to listen to the, to the song. I'm not, I'm not going to do it now, but amen. So, you know, I just praise and thank the Lord for every single one of my teachers. All of the teachers that God has placed in my life, I'm so grateful for it. And um, I'm grateful to be able to share his testimony uh, on this podcast right now. And then there will also be, he is a, an evangelist, and uh, he'll talk about his ministry. But in the description here, uh, click in the description of the episode, and there will be a link for you to be able to give into his ministry Go ahead, bless God, give into this ministry as God leads you to give into the ministry. Um, but give into this ministry and enjoy this testimony. Uh, or, uh, enjoy this testimony and, and look, for, look for that link. If you have any questions or if you can't use the link, then just email or reach out to me and then I'll be able to give you the address where you could send a check. All right. So praise the Lord. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the testimony. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let church turn out before I get my testimony in. And since I got the chance right now, you know what I'm going to do? I'll testify for Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'll start off by saying, in the beginning. <laughs> no, just kidding. And go ahead, do that again. We can go at the end of the beginning. That's good. <laughs> go ahead. So I'll start off by saying, in the beginning. Hallelujah. Uh, in my beginning, anyway. Uh, so I'm actually uh, Pastor Jerry Paoli with Bridge the Gap Ministries, and we go to the homeless, we go to the streets. And we bring the church to the streets. Um, we are the ecclesia, the uh, con congregation uh, of the gathering of the assembly, in Jesus' name. And so I'll just go back to all the way back uh, to my my uh, childhood. And ever ever since I was a kid, or ever since I could remember, um, it was always growing up with lack, or growing up in, in poverty, and growing up without even the uh, supervision or, or, or even love, care, and concern from either parent. Um, it even turned to the point w uh, of mom and dad uh, being separated ever since I was born, and we would just hop back and forth with them. Um, now, my mom struggled all her life with um, any drug. It didn't matter if it was crack. It didn't matter if it was dope. <laughs> It didn't matter if it was fentanyl, uh, she was doing it. And even even as, as a young kid, I could remember seeing her high and seeing her distraught. Uh, with my dad, it was more so uh, the raging alcoholic. Um, and he would just drink, 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 drink every day. The moment he woke up to the moment he went to sleep, 
Um, and with him, really, it would be rough because uh, he got violent to the point of, uh, I do tell people, and I, I try to get a joke out of it a little bit, but like my nonna, which is a grand, uh, grandmother in Italian, uh, she would pick like a wooden spoon, but my dad, he would pick the, the uh, two by four. Uh, and that was punishment, uh, getting smacked over the head, the rear with two by fours. So the, the drinking really uh, turned him into a monster. Um, so even even bouncing back and forth between parents, uh, also I would be bounced back and forth later years to come between uh, group homes and foster care, and um, it was just trouble after trouble in the in the in the foster care system in the state, being a ward of the state, uh, even to the point um, when I was at, uh, I was a foster uh, I was in a foster home and. The the foster dad at one point put his hands on me as well, grabbed me by my neck, and uh, he wanted to do this to discipline me, right? So I just had that that kind of rotation of father figures always. Uh, this is how they correct it. They put their hands on you. Um, and I'm telling you, I developed trauma from that. Uh, it, it turned into me growing up really not trusting anybody, uh, like I'll speak on that a little more, more later with my Matthews that help heighten that statement. Um, but I, I learned to not trust anyone. Um, I learned to create mask to become anything I thought somebody would like, uh, in order to just maybe even fit in. Um, and it, it, it just can't kept going on. It would, that, that cycle just raged. Uh, I met a group, uh, a, a neighborhood group to where we, uh, this is where I first created my first mask and, and we would, we would start, we started smoking weed, we started doing pills, we started drinking, partying, uh, taking mushrooms, shrooms, um, just did it all. And really it winded up, my mom caught me smoking weed and uh, she actually had me pass the blunt to her. <laughs> when she caught me and uh, and so now that was the new norm. Um, at this point, my dad is in and out of my life. He's hopping from state to state, going here or there and just, just disappearing for years on in. Uh, so I never really had that um, connection with him after that. Um, now this cycle as well raged on, continued on, um, but now I'm closing into the adult years and all this trouble that I was getting into and not really paying a, a tough consequence other than getting kicked out of high school and even get, getting kicked out of an alternative school um, because I, I chose to let my anger out by fighting. Um, uh, this, this led me to, to uh, do a lot of stupid things. Um, and it progressed. My drug use progressed to... Uh, not only smoking weed, doing pills, or, or alcohol, it started uh, progressing to dope, uh, heroin, um, to where now I'm sniffing bags, and, and now I, I, I need to, it, it started off, oh, I just love the high, but ne it, like it got to the point to where I need to uh, do at least something, X amount, to even be okay. I needed to do just, just enough to... Um, to be stable for the day, and and the heroin turned into, um, turned into to fentanyl, 
and, and with fentanyl, I um, I would go up to Philly. I was real close to Philly in Kensington, and I would just I would just go there almost every day. It was about 15, 20 minutes from where I'm from, uh, Wilmington, Delaware, and and I would just go up there. And uh, if anybody knows about uh, Kensington or or even heard anything, it's it's just like uh, the walking dead in real life. And so I was a part of that zombie crowd. I would go pick up fentanyl. I would go pick up different drugs and I would go shoot it. Uh, I'm at this point now shooting drugs and uh, overdosing on the streets. You know, I'm turning into uh, a monster really. And, and with, with the guise of, of feeling like there was nothing wrong at all. Um, but that raged, that raged to a point where now I'm having serious consequences for my actions because it's no longer uh, possibly going to juvie. It's now, hey, you're going to big boy school. And that's exactly what happened. Um, in 2011, we started off, uh, or I started off uh, doing just really bad drugs, heroin and uh, fentanyl, any kind of pills I could do to get, um, to be okay for that day. I didn't really have money like that, so I had to go out and, and get money. So I would, it didn't matter, I would steal, I would rob dope boys, I would, I would uh, you know, rob other uh, other addicts. It didn't, it didn't matter, I would jump into houses, you know, I would, I would kick down doors. No matter what it took for me to, to get my fix, that's what I did. Um, and then just this one, one night, I um, decided to jump into a window, I decided to break into this house um, and steal the drug money, the drugs, all that. Uh, nobody was there, so I slid open a window, I jumped in, and uh, and I didn't take just the drugs or drug money. Um, there was stuff laying, money laying right on the table, I could have just grabbed it and went, but I wanted more. Uh, like the saying with, um, uh, with AA or whatever they say, uh, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And so I wanted more and more and more. Uh, I was already there, so I went the extra mile and I robbed the whole house. Um, and this is where it led me to being picked up at my, my uncle's house um, uh, on the charges of burglary in, in the second degree. Um, they, they then, when I got caught up with all that mess, um, I got booked, I, and, and now I'm in prison for the first time in my life uh, on the East Coast, and I'm um, 18 years old, you know. Uh, it was no, no fun, no joke. <laughs> I had to learn how, I thought the streets were living in the hood was uh, something, but when I went to there, it's a whole new jungle. And, um, and if I can sum it up, really, you learn to become a better criminal, <laughs> like really. Um, your heart has to be shifted. And I'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, so at this point, you know, I'm just learning to become a better criminal or learning how, how to not get caught next time. And uh, at this point I served, I think a year, um, a year for that charge uh, with probation to follow. Um, but I wind up through the revolve, it winded up in the revolving door of uh, getting out and violating, getting out and violating, and this lasted for 10 years of my life that I spent behind bars. 
uh, on one serious charge and then and then uh, installment plan of going back and forth um, but in prison is also where I would find freedom but I, I, I'll get to that in a minute because I had to go through some more pain uh, I had I had to uh, go through some more storms or trials and tribulations in my life uh, one being in fact um, it was it was in February of 2013, and uh, so I'm 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 drawing. I didn't have money sent into prison like that. I was I was really poor on the streets as it is, and um, I found out that I was really good at drawing. I could draw portraits and about anything. Draw cards for people's girlfriends so I can make some money. And at this point, uh, at this time, uh, at night. In February, I was I was drawing a picture to get some extra peanut butter to put to put on my food, um, and then I got I, I look over because it's like a bubble open windows, and I look over and it has uh, it's probably like five DOC officers, which is Department of Corrections. Um, they're like just staring at me, and I and I just know like through discernment like yeah something's up, some something's about to go down. And my first thought was like, okay, they're going to search my cell. They're going to do this, that, and the other. Um, but they didn't really say anything. They just called me over to the door and brought me to the bubble um, and just handed me a phone. And, like, I didn't know what to make of it. And I just I took the phone um, to where it's my uncle on the other, other line uh, telling me that we lost her. And that just confused the crap out of me because now I'm just like, Okay, lost who? And then he, he went and told me that we lost your mom. She died from a brain aneurysm. And uh, after that, after that, I was just crushed because that was, that was more than my mom. That was my best friend. No matter what she went through, um, she was my best friend, you know? And, and uh, I want to tell you that that shook me enough to to set me on the right path, but as soon as I got out, I'm not uh, I'm not saying the, the words of, hey, I'm gonna get clean for my mom. I said, hey, I'm gonna party it up for her. I'm gonna honor you in, in drinking this uh, fifth of captain or, 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 or I'm gonna, you know, party, smoke, smoke a blunt for you, mom. Um, <laughs> one for the homies. But no, uh, it's funny, but, but seriously, I, I thought, you know, that it was going to be okay to just, you know, I'm just going to numb it some more. I'm just going to uh, push it down some more. I won't have to deal with it if I don't feel it, right? Um, until a few months passed by, and now, the dad that has, hasn't been in my life, he, he comes back in my life, and the first thing we do, right, I go to the house he was at, um, you know, just trying to just trying to bond with with my pops, right? And the first thing he hands me was a crack pipe and told me, "Hey, I just bought this hooker for you. You can go into the back with her." And lo and behold, I'm already twisted in my mind. So I went in the back, uh, did did the stuff, and um, and then like I just started smoking crack with my dad. You know, we were we were started partying, but that didn't last long because. Shortly after, um, after that, I went back to prison um, because of the whole installment plan thing I violated. Uh, and so I go back into the prison, uh, uh, I get out of prison this time around, 
um, to having to decide. My dad is now uh, in ICU because he's dying from cirrhosis. And so now I had just getting out of prison, maybe a week or so, uh, just getting out of prison, I had to decide um, to shut the machines off on my dad for him to, you know, take his last breath, really. And one thing that stuck out there at the hospital, uh, which really freaked me out, was um, after we unplugged everything, uh, they're like, hey, you want a priest? And, uh, you know, I had previous uh, stuff with church, so I said, oh, what, what else is this one I heard? And I'll tell you the truth, I was so twisted on vodka, it didn't matter. I think I was shirtless with a leather vest in the hospital while my dad was, was dying in there. And, um, and I'll never forget this because the priest came in to say prayers over him. And, uh, you know, you know, when they sprinkle you with water, this is the Catholic priest. And dude, when the, the priest starts sprinkling the water on him, my dad just made like this demonic sound like, ah, like, uh, like he was being just already uh, demonically uh, influenced outwardly. And uh, it freaked me out to the point where I'm just like, yeah, I'm getting up out of this hospital. Um, so I did, I went to the parking lot and, um, and I started, uh, I started drinking right there in the, in the, in the car lot. You know, I'm just, I'm just down in, at this point, I'm drinking fireball by the gallons. Um, and so I'm just down in it, but I couldn't see myself to leave. I wanted to see, be there for him to have his last breath. I didn't want to continue that cycle of, of just leaving or abandoning somebody. Um, so what happened is um, I go I go back into the hospital, um, but as soon as I go into the hospital, I get a call from my son's mom. Now, while, in and, while I'm in and out of prison, I have uh, a child, uh, or right before prison, I have a child, uh, my son Antonio, he's 13 now. Um, but I get a call right when I'm going back into the hospital to be with my dad on his last breath. And I get a call from, from my son's mom's parents saying she's in the hospital. She just overdosed. And so they got her on, uh, on fluids and all that. Seeing, you know, they Narcaned her, had, uh, brought her back to life. And so she, my son's mom was the floor right above us. And so I'm going back and forth between floors, waiting to see if my mom's going to die or my dad's, if my dad's going to survive, waiting to see if my, my, uh, my son's mother is going to make it. And, uh, and so that night, my, um, my dad did, he did breathe his last breath. Um, and my son's mom did, she did survive, um, but I don't, I, it never woke her up out of what she was doing as well. Um, even to the point where I, I, uh, I was so fueled on, on wanting to numb myself that night uh, that she asked me to go steal her car back from her parents. So I took I took a bus to the to the house and I, I took the car, came and uh, it got, helped her escape the, the darn hospital, um, and we just went and partied on some more. Um, and just like that, it was just this cycle, 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 in and out of prison, in and out of uh, drug addiction, um, and then and then meth hit, meth hit, 
but right before right before meth, um, I meet another woman and we have a daughter. Uh, I was I was raising her um, for like the first year, and then her mom just up and left. She she took my daughter and left. Um, and I understand why, because I was just, I was raised off alcohol. I, I wanted to, to numb myself, and I really honestly wasn't being a good father figure. Um, but also then meth hit, and uh, some other partying buddies, and, and like, I, I'll tell you what, meth, uh, while using it, was, was um, <laughs> it was the best drug I thought <laughs> while using it, but when I came off of it, it's the worst thing I ever take, took in my life because um, what I believe, uh, like we have gateways um, on our bodies, which is the eye gates, the ear gates, the mouth gates, the nose gates, and this all is how you bring things in. You remember when Jesus said, it's not what, 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 you know, what comes out, right? Or no, it's, it's not what goes in, but what comes out, right? But in order to, to, uh, you, you have a filter on what comes out and what comes in decides that filter, right? And so um, I'm not really believing in God. I know there is a God, but he's not, uh, by my doing, he's not on my side. Uh, and so when you did these drugs, it opened, uh, it opened up the spiritual realm to where now, uh, now I'm seeing some things. I'm seeing what they call shadow people. I'm seeing people chase, chasing me. And, and I'm telling you the truth, nobody could have told me different because I actually saw it. And I believe uh, even now being sober for so long, like I actually did see these things because the spiritual realm was opened up to me and I wasn't believing on Jesus. So the things that was coming at me were these d d demonic um demonic uh, species, whatever you want to call them, demonic goons, influences. Uh, so I'm like, at this point, just totally twacked out of my mind. I, um, I'm staying up for weeks on end. I'm not sleeping, not eating. Um, and this brought me to a real low point. Um, I, I go into prison again because I, you know, not following through with probation. Um, and what happened in prison this time, I like in my heart and my mind, I'm like, man, everything I keep trying to do on my own strength keeps leading me either overdosed, uh, nearly dead, uh, dead, um, or in prison or in rehabs. I was like, man, there's got to be something, uh, something else. And and so I had the opportunity to read two different books one night on the prison prison uh the prison block and one book was a hood they're called hood books to where it's a fast-paced book where you can read it in like a day but it takes the time down because hey it's it's enticing um i had the choice to read that another one of those or i had the choice to read a joyce myers book um and the, the it was um the title was me and my big mouth and what that book was was about is is the power of life and death lie in your tongue, right? And so the book was great. It helped me learn some things on, on being careful and intentional on what I speak on or uh, or what comes out of me. Um, and in in that, uh, I, I read that book, and at the end, it had the sinner's prayer. Um, 
And I'm telling you that that kind of reflection came came back to me like, man, I everything I keep trying, I'm I'm on my own strength. I'm dying or 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 coming to rehab or you know uh, all these other things. And then like and then like you read you remember scripture and it says that a way seems right to a man, but uh, it only leads to death. And uh, that's exactly where I was I was headed. Um, but I'm telling you, I believed with all my heart uh, that God could save me. I believed in that cell that God, uh, he came in the flesh, that Jesus came in the flesh, that he, um, he, he sacrificially uh, loved us enough to go die on a cross on our behalf, uh, to be the atonement for our sins. Uh, I believed it all. I believed that he, was, he, he's going, he came back and he's coming back. Uh, and I'm telling you, something hit me. <laughs> something hit me that day. Uh, now, in in a cell, you have uh, three to the bunk. I'm I'm in the middle bunk, and I have two other cellies with me. I, I think they were Muslim. And uh, so, as soon as as soon as the I know now, it was the Holy Spirit. As soon as the Spirit hit me, I um I I buckled straight to the ground, came off the bunk, kneeled next to the toilet, <laughs> the sink toilet. Yeah, I, I kneeled right to near, near the toilet and and I just started re weeping, crying out to the Lord. Uh, I believe uh, like now that I was speaking, I was speaking in tongues at, at on the floor. I didn't know I didn't know then what I was doing, but um, and I cried out the Lord and and I want I want you to I want you to hear this because uh, I don't want us to ever lose this right. So when in that moment I was I was happy I was joyful because I knew something uh, bigger than me was was now residing with me, but there was one thing that I was as well and that's fearful, and I don't want us to lose that um, because it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling right, and so I was fearful because the Creator of everything, the the the. The very being that created this world, this this uh, you know the planets, the the stars, he just made himself known to me individually in a prison cell, right? And so what that told me in that moment and now is that God didn't see me in a in a dressed up suit. God didn't see me all cleaned up with my hair combed over and freshly shaved. He seen me in a DOC jumpsuit, and he seen me <laughs> with some crock flops that you used to either poop on or you used them in the shower <laughs> in prison, right? And uh, and I'm gonna tell you what else he only seen. Instead of a guilty sentence laying next to my bed, he seen only the blood of Jesus, which washed me clean, which washed me clean, uh, white as snow, and. Uh, and I'm telling you, I got, you know, eventually when I got up off the bunk, I just was like, like, this is like the encounter I've never had in my life. Um, I got back on the bunk and I started reading the book again. And it, and it asked, it started asking questions. And the one question it asked me, it says, are you afraid? And I looked, I said, well, yeah, a little more now. And, and, and the word of God, it, the book uh, spoke on the word of God again. And it said, fear not. For I am, I am your God, right? Uh, even through, even through the the floodwaters, right? Even through the fire, I will be with you, right? Um, 
that showed me to fear who he is, but I don't, I don't need to, to fear, uh, I don't need to, to fear on any outer obstacles. Um, and so that was cool. I was hit by the Holy Ghost. It, it, we had a Holy Ghost party in a, in a, in a prison cell. And, and so now, as soon as I get out of the, the prison cell, when it's my rec time, I'm reading the Bible. Uh, I'm getting into the word, I, like I'm starting to draw people to me and they're, they're coming and we're studying together on the pod. And, uh, now, you know, it's just like this drastic transformation, uh, that God just instilled in me and, um, and helped others along the way. And then there was, there was four dreams that I had. And it was, it was four back-to-back dreams, uh, in this prison cell. And the first dream I'll go, I'll go through each one of them. Um, the first dream was Superman. <laughs> Superman fighting like thousands of jokers, going to each room and fighting thousands of jokers, right? It's crazy you're wearing that shirt. Uh, he's fighting uh, like thousands of jokers. And uh, I woke up like, what in the world did I just witness in my dream? I'm like, am I turning into Superman? No. Uh, but God revealed the message to me from that dream. And, it's, and he told me, he said, son, you got to keep fighting, right? You got to keep fighting no matter how many obstacles you'll come across, no matter how many jokers you'll come across, because they will be there, but you got to keep fighting. Don't ever stop fighting. Don't ever quit. Keep fighting. That was the first dream. And now the second dream, um, as I told you before, that my father died. Uh, and so in this dream, it's my father, it's my dad sitting next to a campfire, just smirking at me. And it's one of them like, you know, sarcastic kind of smirks. Um, and it, it kind of, it kind of freaked me out. And then when I woke up out of the dream, I didn't receive no, I received no revelation. And now this day was my, my court, my court hearing to, to, uh, I'm either going to serve some more like years or, like on, in time or I'm going to catch a break and possibly just get probation or house arrest. And I go, like I told you, I was doing Bible studies, all that, talking God on the pod. But as soon as I went down to booking and receiving and then uh, over to, to uh, the prison, uh, or not the prison, the courthouse, uh, as soon as I get down to booking and receiving, I seen some of my old acquaintances, my old buddies, and um, and the, the the talk came back out. It's like the you know God's <laughs> He wasn't with me anymore, right? And and like I'm so reminded by the the seeds. What see, where, where is the seeds being thrown on? What ground are they being thrown on? Uh, and in this instance, I was as soon as the world. As soon as the world uh, influences came, I, I was right back in the mix. I'm talking to talk, talking about this girl, that girl, how I'm gonna not get caught the next time, and uh, this and that drug we can sneak back, uh, how I'm gonna get out of this, uh, what lies I'm gonna tell the prosecutor. Um, and so I get on to, I get over to the courthouse finally, and uh, my, my court, it was supposed to be early in the morning, like 9 a.m. I was supposed to be one of the first people and, and like, I'm just, I'm sitting in the cell, I'm watching everybody go and just, I'm just sitting in the cell over there in the courthouse and I was the very last person to go into court. And the judge looks at me as I'm being ushered in with my shackles on my feet and on my arm and 
he looks at me, he's like, Mr. Paoli, I don't even know why you're in my courtroom. I rescheduled you three weeks ago. And uh, I, I just was like, like, what do you mean? Right? And so we get I get transferred back to the cell block, uh, all the way back to the prison in the cell block. As soon as I hit that prison cell, God revealed this message to me. He says, son, you're going to keep playing with the fire? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna uh, speak godly things. You're gonna uh, proclaim my name up here on the pod. But when you get around your buddies, you're gonna you're just gonna go ahead and dip into the fire. Uh, and it shot. It just hit me. It hit me like a bag of bricks. And uh, he told me. He said, Jerry, you gotta keep fighting. Right? Dream one through the fire. Dream two. And uh, and I was so I was so grateful that he was revealing things to me. And but uh, like those two dreams were pretty weird, but the, the third one like took a crazier turn and um, I'm, I'm sitting there dreaming and, and uh, lo and behold, uh, I see, like I was fooling around with a girl, uh, like a girl that had a boyfriend and uh, I wasn't supposed to be doing that. And, and so at this, in this dream, I see the girl's, I see the girl's boyfriend being crucified on the cross. And I see the girl just weeping down under the cross. And I'm just like, I'm all sorts of freaked out. And I just started taking off. Uh, and as I'm running, it's like a, a field that I remember I was uh, playing in as a kid. And um, and so I woke up like, like, hey, God, help me out here. What does this mean? Uh, and he gave me the revelation for their salvation. So he told me, Jerry, he said, Jerry, son, keep fighting through the fire for their salvation, right? And now the last dream that I had, uh, and you know, like God was just imputing and, and downloading after downloading. And uh, it was this time, right, in, in, the, like in the dream where it wasn't really any movements, it was really just a frog. I literally only seen a darn frog. Um, and I had no idea what it meant, but when I, when I woke up, uh, the Lord revealed to me, and it's it's real famous out there now on T-shirts and all that. But uh, He spelled frog for me, F-R-O-G, which means fully relying on God. And He gave me the full revelation at this point of the whole dream, all the dreams in one. He said, "My son, you got to keep fighting through the fire for their salvation, fully relying on God." And at that point, he gave me my call, my, my, uh, what he was going to ordain me to do, my purpose, and, and, and tell me that no matter what came my way, I am to keep fighting. Uh, and, and no matter what, what uh, fiery situation may arise, I got to keep fighting through them fires. Uh, and, and, and that it's not about me because I, I am here to bring people unto the Lord for their salvation, for their belief in him. And ultimately, always, 100%, fully relying on Him, on God. Uh, and I want to tell you guys that, um, that like when I got out of prison, because I did wind up getting uh, house arrest then. Or no, I, no, I got level three. I, I got probation to where I had to show up every every week. Um, and I wanted, I want to tell you. That when I got out of prison, after all them dreams, after all that God, uh, God talking to me, that I went and did the right thing, but I didn't. 
I, uh, I went, I, I didn't have no guidance. I didn't know what to do. So I went right back to what I was familiar with. Um, and that was meth. That was the last thing. Um, so I, at this point I started doing meth so bad I became homeless. Um, I was homeless with my, my mom before, but now I'm homeless by myself. Um, both my, my kids' moms have the kids and, um, I'm now, I'm now uh, homeless. I'm faking heart attacks to sleep in the hospital to have a place, warm place to, to sleep. And, um, it was just, it was, it was just rugged. And it just, it was a real, really sucky part of my life. Um, I wasn't eating. Nobody really talked to me cause I was robbing everything coming. Um, and that's, that's what I became again. And until I, I walked into a, uh, a church back home in the state of Delaware. And, uh, when I walked into this church, I knew 100% that this, this, um, this pastor seen no life in me. I know that he's seen, he's seen death. He's seen brokenness. He's seen, uh, really nothing in a person. And what, what happened after that was, uh, I asked him to get me a ticket to Ohio, uh, because my sister lives here uh, in Dayton. And I'm telling you, I didn't tell nobody where I was going. I didn't even tell my sister. Uh, but this pastor bought me the ticket and I hopped on that bus with just the clothes on my back. Uh, and I came to Ohio, um, basically because I thought if I could change my place, I could change my surroundings. I could breathe a little bit so that I can, uh, you know, overcome this addiction, uh, or this addictive lifestyle. Um, so I got on the bus. I'm really having alcohol withdrawals, all types of withdrawals. Uh, but I, I, I was committed. And so I, as soon as I get to Ohio in Dayton, um, I called my sister. I said, Hey, Hey sis, like, can you come pick me up? I'm here in Ohio. She came, <laughs> praise God. She came, praise God. And, uh, and, um, after, after that, uh, I started working in a tattoo machine or a tattoo, uh, studio as an apprentice. Um, I was going to do art my, for the rest of my life. I thought, you know, that was going to be it, but, uh, I, I really thought that I could be okay, um, with changing the place or the change in the atmosphere I was in. But I found out real quick that, uh, you know, I brought me with me and everything on the inside. Uh, Keep going. That's okay. Everything on the inside um, that was that was going on, and so this led me back to to more uh, more addiction, uh, more partying, and then like it got to the point where it got to the point where I'm sitting in the room in my sister's uh, in my sister's house, and I uh, I'm watching Elevation Worship, Stephen Furtick, right? Uh, a video on you you can do better than what you're doing uh, and I'm telling you so I was, I was really trying to get a message from the Lord I was trying to get a message from God and and uh, and so I literally was watching this video no joke I could pull the video up and and uh, so Steve Pastor Stephen Furtick he just looks at the camera and says Jerry you can do better than what you're doing and uh, and that just like spent uh, 
uh, sense chills down my whole body and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, so at this point, I'm now, I'm calling places I can get into because I needed to get better. And uh, I, I called, I called Team Challenge. Um, uh, Team Challenge Cincinnati is now called Cincinnati Challenge Ranch. Um, and and the intake coordinator, he told me, hey, there's no beds available, but I know another place uh, in Youngstown, Team Challenge. Uh, so uh, we, we did the paperwork for that one, and I was supposed to go to Youngstown. Um, but the very next day, I was doing laundry, and the person they sent to come pick me up, he came, and then he left again because I didn't answer the phone right away uh, from doing laundry. So now I'm just like, oh, no. Like, I missed my shot. I missed my opportunity. And, uh, and now uh, I, I call back the intake coordinator for Team Challenge Cincinnati. Um, and this was the, the call before was a Friday. And this, this call was on a Sunday. And I called him. I said, man, I don't know what to do. Like, I missed my shot. Uh, and he told me the very, he told me the very next day that they now have room available at the ranch. Uh, so three days later, God made a way for me to go to Cincinnati Challenge Ranch. And, uh, and I want to tell you again, I want to tell you again that, hey, I went there and I was on fire for the Lord. And I was, I was uh, you know, doing all the things I could. And I was at first. Uh, but then authority came smacking me in my face because um, I'm used to authority uh, taking advantage. Or I didn't have the right perception or ideas on authority. And, uh, and so like they did this whole room search, locked the doors, searched all our stuff. And I just got there. So I had nothing, not even a cupcake over in the room and, uh, in the dorm. And, but what I cared about was that all the brothers I'm doing this program with, they're getting, they're getting slammed and, uh, they're getting hit with all these, uh, you know, like, Oh, you guys can't have this, that, and the other, uh, and so I stuck up for him. I kind of puffed up against one of the leaders at the ranch. And uh, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? What you going to do? You know, puffing up to him, like uh, even speaking Bible to him. Cause I knew a lot of uh, scripture because of being in prison. You read a lot. Uh, <laughs> I knew the scripture, but I didn't apply the scripture. Um, and so I puffed up on authority until one, uh, one of the program director he came up to me one, uh, like maybe three days later and told me, he said, Hey, Jerry, are you going to be able to submit to this program? And I'm going to tell you the truth. What I did in the, in the, <laughs> in the moment is like when the word of God says, Hey, if they, if they don't have anything with you, you just go to the entrance of the city, you dust your feet off and you keep it moving. And so what I did, I, <laughs> I dusted my feet off in the parking lot and I kept it moving <laughs> I was planning on leaving, uh, and I knew I took it like it, it messed him up, but uh, we went to church. I chose to stay, and, and we went to church that night, and we went to, uh, it was called T, T, TCA back then, um, and uh, the pastor, Hugh Rosenberg, it was, and he he started, he, he's given this message on, uh, uh, about Mary and Martha, and, and uh, are you, are you, um, are you trying to serve him over than seeking him? And then I need to seek him more, right? Yeah. And then so it, it, it hit me, right? And just like I'm, I'm very in tune with this message. And then uh, at the end of the service, uh, Pastor Hugh, he, he just says, 
or no, it was Brad Rosenberg. Uh, Pastor Brad says to the congregation, he says, what's it, what's it going to take for you to fully go after God, to fully seek God, right? Seek ye first the kingdom. Uh, what is it going to take, right? And in my mind, in my mind, I'm saying, man, I got to, I got to surrender. <laughs> I got to like really submit, right? Uh, because I, like I, I learned this, uh, this for me that if it's not total surrender, it's not surrender at all, right? If he ain't Lord over all your life, I mean, how's he Lord over your life? Um, and so it really hit me. Uh, and the moment I said, man, I got to surrender, they played a song by Hillsong United, I Surrender, right? And what I call those is those God whispers where God, he came down and touched me with uh, his fingerprint and the Holy Ghost. And as soon as I said, I surrender, he plays the song, I surrender. And guess what? I folded on the ground, weeping, crying, and and uh, I, I truly surrendered my will that day. I truly surrendered my heart and, 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 and my pride. Um, and so after that day, through the process, uh, I started looking more and more like Jesus. I started looking more and more like him, his Holy Spirit guiding me into all truth. And I'll, I'll say it like this, right? It was an interview with a, a silversmith and a, a interviewer. Um, and she asked him a, a, a few different questions. And the, and the first question she asked, she, she asked him like, hey, what part of the fire do you got to put the silver in for it to, to turn into pure silver? And, and, uh, and he, he told her, he said, well, you got to put it in the highest part, the hottest part, right? And, uh, and she said, oh, okay, so how do you know when to take it out and keep it out? And he said, with a smirk, he said, well, it's when you take it out and you can see your reflection in it, right? And so what that hit me was that uh, through this refinement process, uh, through this refining process, through the fires of the Holy Ghost, uh, purifying me from the world and the influences from it had to burn off until Christ seen his reflection in me. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it was like nothing else. Uh, and what went with this is, is something that's really big on my heart, um, is to, to truly get in a quiet place with him. Right? One of the scariest scriptures I ever read is depart from me for I never knew you. Right? And I, I, I know if I'm, if, if, I, if I just talk to somebody sometimes, right? If I don't spend quality time with somebody, or if I don't, if I don't uh, be intentional with somebody, I don't really know them, right? And, and for me, it hit me like a, a bag of bricks that like, man, I don't really know Jesus the way I, I, I should, right? I know of him, I know of his word, but I need to know him intimately, right? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? But he says, I never knew you. And so what's really big, uh, big on, on, in my, my life uh, every day is to seek him, right? Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. But hey, what's most important, nothing, like none other, is his presence, is his fellowship, 
is his friendship, is his relationship. I'm telling you, in, in the book of, uh, I think, Isaiah, it says, like, hey, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways, and the only way I can get, you know, the only way I can get close to God, right, um, uh, the only way I can learn about these thoughts and ways is getting close to God because he's telling me uh, his plans and purposes for my life when I'm dwelling with him. And uh, and that's what I, I, I done and do every day is, is like make it a point to always come to God, right? To always get in that quiet place with just you and him, you and him, worshiping him, praising his name, magnifying his name because he is exalted. He should be exalted and he will be because uh, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is lord amen and yeah. so even even after that uh after that I, I went through the program through uh through god just shaping me and molding me into his son right and i gotta say this like the lord is he's just putting a whole bunch of things on my heart right now uh i call it a gerible but we're gonna go through it right uh remember the whole potter in the clay right and so God is the potter, right? So hear, hear me, hear this Jeroboam, it says, you know, God is the potter, right? Christ is the template. The Holy Spirit is the sculpting tools, right? And the, the, the water, which is the washing of the word. Uh, and we are the clay, right? We need to be shaped and molded uh, through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit into the template of Jesus Christ. Uh, as God uh, through God's hand amen uh, and so after that I went through the, the program I graduated um, uh, I graduated I interned for about six months and I I, I uh, desired to work I desired to give back what God so grace gracefully given me hope right and uh, showing people uh, a clear path to Christ right and so I, I worked there for about three years um, I even got, uh, I got or, ordained by the laying on of hands um, by the Teen Challenge uh, leadership when I was 30 years old. Um, and, then, and then later on, um, through the process, like I, I'm working and I'm working at the ranch, you know, I'm watching men come in and out. Um, but then I met a brother of mine uh, named James, James Turner at a breakfast. Um, and everybody at this men's breakfast is telling me, hey, we're feeling like you should go talk to him. So I met James Turner at a men's breakfast. And uh, everybody's telling me, like I said, that, uh, hey, you need to link up with him. We're really feeling you need to go talk to James. Um, he's just now on his way back from Phoenix. He, he left Ohio to do ministry and in Phoenix with, uh, he started Bridge the Gap Ministries and uh, <clears throat> he came back here um, and, and helped start one up here in Fairfield, a dinner church. Um, and then uh, like while we connected, um, like we connected right away. And like since then, um, James has helped me uh, become licensed with the Assemblies of God um, as, a, as a reverend with the Assemblies of God. And um, even going to, you know, going to really rough areas in Phoenix or uh, different rough areas throughout the, the whole nation, United States, and, uh, and going boldly proclaiming the gospel and going uh, in Jesus' name to bring hope to the hopeless and, and, and help uh, reach, reaching out to the, you know, to, to the broken. Um, 
And so now I get the I get the privilege to uh, to serve under the bridge in Cincinnati, and what we do there is we 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 bring the church to the streets. We we uh, we meet practical needs like you know food, water, clothes, haircuts. But what's more important is we proclaim the gospel. We bring worship to the to the Lord, right? And this is all outside under a bridge, uh, and it's just it's the church, right? Uh, I've got testimony after testimony, uh, and I'll say I'll say maybe one or two in particular. Like we had uh, one one guy named Cam, um, Cameron, and he was an atheist. He's been he was going there for about six months, uh, listening to the word being proclaimed and being spread um, and just one night I think I think I was given the word uh, a word on uh, grace um, I think grace or something or being humble one one of the things one of the words it was the gospel and and he came up to me and he says uh, like at the altar car he says man I want to know Jesus right and so it just it just uh, it warmed my heart because he got saved but not only did he get saved he, he chose right that night. He said, man, I want to get baptized right now. And I'm going to tell you what's four blocks away. Uh, it's not a neat little swimming pool, but it's the Ohio River. So we walked four blocks away, and we, uh, we baptized Cameron in the Ohio River, once an atheist and now a, a child of the Most High, which is just, it's amazing. Uh, that's why I love, love that God allows me to do that. Um, and like... It's just countless other stories where you're seeing people come broken before the Lord, just just coming to Him and and uh, and like seeking Him wholeheartedly. Uh, we did baptisms down there one one day, and like we were just like nobody said it wasn't no whole sign up thing, and we were just like telling them two weeks prior, hey, we got baptisms coming up, and the day of baptisms, we had about twelve people come and get dunked. Uh, you know, I, I went on to tell him, hey, this is an outward picture of the inward truth. That means if you're going to call on the name of Jesus, you're going to profess it publicly before all, uh, that he is Lord over all of your life. Um, and it's been amazing, right? Because, like, I never thought I would go from a prison cell to a pulpit, right? I never thought that I would, uh, that I would... Uh, really amount to anything anyway, right? I told you in my childhood, I always thought uh, nobody cared for me. I had to put this fake facade or this face mask on for people to even like me. Um, but that's not the case with God. Like when he looks at me or, or, or talks to me, when he talks to you or, or looks at you, no, that's my handiwork. That's my masterpiece. I don't make mistakes, right? And guess what? Even though we're in a fallen world, even though we're gonna, even though we're we're in a fallen nature or or a sin-filled word world, I'm gonna take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna turn your mess into a message, and I'm gonna turn your test into testimonies, so that you can proclaim the gospel, right? And um and I, I say it like this too is that my life unfolded like this that. Uh, as storms and, trial, and trials and tribulations would come in my life as a believer, uh, I became better equipped for the next storms, right? 
Each storms that happened, I became better equipped through the next storms because you learn it. Uh, so eventually these storms had little to no effect on me because I knew who hands was uh, in charge of it all, right? But then at this moment, I could be an umbrella for those in the beginning stages. I could bring hope to those that are at where I once was, proclaiming that, hey, I didn't do this on my own. And what you see here, a once uh, a crack addict or meth addict or once uh, a dope fiend has now uh, turned his life over to God. And guess what? Everything changed. And so I, I am grateful for that, uh, that I get to bring the gospel to the people down there. Um, and it's so cool because it doesn't stop there. Um, I remember five, I, I haven't seen my son at this point in three years. Uh, and then also haven't, he hasn't lived with me in like six years. Uh, five minutes before I'm preaching down under the bridge, uh, I get a phone call from his grandparents saying, hey, we're driving from the East Coast overnight and we're bringing you your son. You're going to have full custody uh, of your son. So I got my son back. I got my license through the Assemblies of God, uh, ordained through the Assemblies of God. Um, I got my son back, and then I, and then I, like God, hand dropped a, a, a my wife to me. I was actually in a in a fivefold ministry setting to where they would lay on a hand, see if they got a word from the Lord for you, and and so I'm just, you know, I'm working at the ranch, and I got some of the guys up front, some in the back, and and. Uh, so I see this girl, I just see her in the back and the whole, the whole row is empty. I'm like, man, I better not let one of these students sit next to her, man. They're going to they gonna terrorize that girl. And, uh, and so like I left a seat open and it was like her, an empty seat, and then me. Um, the whole time I'm thinking, man, I got I to gotta, I gotta lay my hand on her and pray for her. But then I'm like, man, I'm not about to be this old creeper weirdo about to place my hand on her. Um, so God, God, he, he winds up pu pushing and tugging her heart to put her hand on my shoulder, right? Really like a slap, slap my shoulder and she started praying over me and God opened the door for me to then lift up and pray over her. I want to say that I was, uh, I was, I was, uh, spitting that game or I was talking the game, but dude, I was like. I'm like, man, I'm not going to ask her for a number right away, you know. I'm in that whole that whole mindset, and and uh, and she left, and I left. But then, like the very next, the very next Open Heaven Ministries, um, she came again. She came again, and lo and behold, the thing that really the thing that really drew her to me is because I told her I'm learning biblical Hebrew. Uh, <laughs> And instead of like old, the old time explicit pics, sending pictures to, to a woman, right? I sent her pictures of my shofars, which is, is the trumpet, right? And the Lord says, blow the trumpet in Zion, amen. And so uh, I love the land of Israel. Pray for Jerusalem, amen. But uh, so yeah, uh, we, we got married. Um, we, got, we got married, we got my son back and bought our very first house. Um, and it's just like, you know, even up to this date, it's like God has been so faithful. Uh, I even I even walked out of, in faith, right? Because um, uh, if when you step out in faith and obedience, 
it unlocks the supernatural power of God. And so when I wanted to walk out in faith uh, from working at Teen Challenge, now this is my only income. Uh, I'm like, God, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out in faith because I know you're calling me to the mission field. I know you're, you're, you're wanting me to go and you want me to give uh, my all for that. Um, and the moment I stepped out in faith, I got accepted and approved um, as a U.S. missionary with the Assemblies of God uh, to where now I, I get to do what I, what I love. Uh, I get to proclaim the gospel and bring hope to people um, as, like, as work, I guess you could say. I don't see it as work. I see it as a lifestyle, but, uh, but I get to do that every day. Um, and really, that's, that's really somewhat of a short version. Uh, and, uh, but if I could sum it all up, I would just say, but God, right? But the enemy meant for evil, but God will turn it for good. I see myself as a prisoner. I see myself as a guilty stained, but God turned it for my good. And not only for my good, right? In the, in the book of Genesis, it wasn't only for, uh, for Joseph's good. It was for the good to save the nations. It was good for uh, other people to save his family, the ones that used to ridicule, ridicule him. Uh, so that's, that's where I believe um, God has me. Keep fighting through the fire for their salvation fully relying on God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Was there anything else that you uh, just wanted to say uh, to anybody out there that's heard your testimony right now? They just listened to the whole testimony. Mm -hmm. And so now, what can you say? Any, give a message for anybody out there. There's plenty of messages in that, mm -hmm. but What's, what's, what's something you say after somebody has just heard your whole story? For somebody that, uh, I, I want people, like whoever listens to this message, I want you to know that it's not over until God says it's over. Amen. Like, just because you're, you're at where you're at, if you're homeless, if you're broken, if you're, if you're having baby daddy issues, baby mama issues, if you don't have no parents, or if you have parents that are bad parents, no matter what situation you're in, uh, uh, emotionally distraught or, uh, or, or even considering suicide or even health issues such as cancers or, or deadly things, or it's not over until God says it over. And I'll declare that over your life right now that, that, that hey, you may be thinking about using right now or you may be thinking about about uh, how you're going to how you're going to even kill yourself, or, or go out and do something you shouldn't do to end you up in prison, or or or, or death, or, or rehabs. It's not over until God says it. It's over, and I'm here to tell you His blood is sufficient, His grace is sufficient. Uh, if He could save a wretch like me, I know He can come for you. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, Call unto me, and I will tell you great and mighty things. Amen. And this is the very first scripture that was ever given to me. And I'm giving it to you in a declaration. 
uh, as a messenger from God. I just I feel him all over it right now. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. And one of my, not to harm you, but one of my favorite parts in this whole message, it says to give you an expected end. And that's everlasting relationship for all eternity with J.C. Yippee, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, what a powerful testimony and what an edifying, you know, message. You know, the Lord, he is God and he is working and he it's beautiful. I always say it is beautiful to hear the wonderful works of God. We should spend all day long just walking around. Everybody share your testimony one right after the next, right after the next. Let's just share even more things that God has done for us, rather big, rather small, um, you know, logical things, illogical things, things that really only make sense to you. And when you try to tell them to somebody else, you just you're like, oh, I, I, you got to be. It's, it's God. It's God. It's how he speaks to me. So it's, it's so beautiful to hear these things about the Lord because um, he is good and his mercy endures forever. And the Lord delights in showing mercy. That's wonderful. He delights in showing mercy. I love it. Praise the Lord. Let me go back in the Corinthians real quick because this is a good, it's just a really, really, really good piece of exhortation for, for us all, I believe. That's why it's in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we also be indeed when we are present. Don't underestimate the minister of God. Do not underestimate the preacher of the gospel. He is the minister of God to thee for good. That's what he is. He is the minister of God to thee for good. But the Bible says he bears not the sword in vain. Amen? He bears not the sword in vain. Uh, this is Romans chapter 13, verse 4. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. Amen? So it's for your good when he's correcting. When I'm preaching, it's for your good. Uh, when I'm correcting, it's for your good. But if thou, you, do that which is evil, be afraid. Be afraid, you see? Be afraid. So if you're carnal-minded like these Christians were, they were lacking in some fear in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So here comes Paul, being a good brother, is about to put a little bit of that fear back inside of you. He's saying, look, you know, let such a one think this. He said, I'm trying to be base in front of you so that you might not hate me because you're so out of touch with what the Spirit of God is doing that uh, I'm hoping for the open door to, you, to the opportunity to be able to perfect that which is lacking on your part. Amen. And so, you know, he's saying, so let such a one think this, 
that such as we are in word by letters when we're absent, such will we also, uh, will we be also indeed when we're present. Remember, Ananias and Sapphira fell down dead. The Holy Spirit is not one to be toyed with. And the Lord is inside of the people who are ministering to you. So you be careful, you know, how you approach them, you know, uh, because they're meek. But don't count their meekness as an inability to bear the sword, the word of God. Verse 13, verse 4, he says, For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. Uh, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Folks, uh, this, is, uh, this is the way. This is the way of Christianity. So you get some correction, and next thing you know, that sword is swinging at you, you know, chopping you down. That's the sound it was making. It's chopping you down because you got to get some of that stuff chopped off of you so that you can, uh, it, there, so that there can be more of Jesus in you and less of you in you. We're, we're, we need, well, the people around you, we need Jesus in you. You know, that analogy that uh, Jerry gave in his testimony, frog, you know, that's good, you know, because the Lord wants to live in us so that he can do that work in and through us. And it's for others so that God can reach out to the lost sheep. Isn't that beautiful? That's powerful. And God is so good. And so we go back over here. So he's saying, look, so that's how it could be. So don't underestimate us. Don't underestimate me by any means that, uh, you know, for we dare not make ourselves of the number. Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. See, these people who are boosting themselves up, I'm not going to try and start doing that. I'm not even going to dare to do that because I don't think myself to be anything. You know, sometimes uh, I've, I've had stuff come back to me. Stuff that people have said or thought or approached me in some way. You know, they said something. And uh, at one time it was recommended, well, why don't you share with them your, you know, the podcast so you can see. You know, so they can see. And I said, never, you know, never, you know, I'm, never am I ever going to use anything that the Lord is doing in and through me to try to justify, uh, you know, myself or try to, you know, boost myself up. Like, hey, I'm of the Lord. Look at this. <laughs> I don't think so, Satan. Uh, that's not that's not what we do over here, you know. We let the Lord just work and do what He wants to do. I don't know what the Lord's gonna do. You know, I, we, I just let the Lord do whatever you want, Lord Jesus. That has to be, that's the only way he's going to use you too, is if you just say whatever you want to do, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and don't be surprised when doors start closing in your life. <laughs> Lord, I thought I was going to, nope, door closed. Lord, Lord, but I thought, Lord, Lord no, nope. Where's your goodness, God? <laughs> Didn't you say that you were going to lay down your life? Didn't you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, take over? Not my will, but thy will be done. That's a, that prayer, you know, it, I, it gets intense. I was looking for work for so long. <laughs> I kept praying, Lord, I'm qualified, aren't I? What, what's going on? Aren't you going to bless me? Ah, my womb is shut up. Amen. God is good. And, and, and the, that's a good thing because it means the Lord hears us when we call to him. He hears us and he answers us. 
and he shows us great and mighty things. Isn't that wonderful? This is a wonderful, wonderful Lord King that we serve. He's so good. Verse 13, but we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule, rule, which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. So this is the authority that God has given and God will give us when our obedience is fulfilled. And not saying that we're perfect, but it is saying that, you know, God gives us an office. He wants us to be faithful in that which is least, you know, so, he can, so, so, so that we can reach other people. You know, he might have only given you a church with four or five people in it because there are those four or five people would probably never go to a church that's got more than four or five people in it. And so the Lord has given you that church so that because the Lord still loves them. God loves you anyway. I love that. I want to get that on a, a shirt that says God loves you anyway. It's so beautiful. I just love it because he does. He cares about us and he wants us to be made right. You know, he sent his son to die for us, to literally die. If you've ever been up against death or you face death in any way, it's terrifying if you think you're going to die. Death is horrifying. You know, uh, you know, it's a dreadful thing. You know, of course, you can have the joy of the Lord and, you know, and you don't have to be teared because, the, you know, when you're in Christ, you know, you're dying as a witness for Jesus. But let me tell you something. Sometimes you might in the future, we might die as for, for our testimonies and it, it might not seem like you're dying for your testimony. You might not say somebody might not put a gun to your head and say, you know, accept Jesus or die. You know, that might not be the, how that happens. The devil is a deceiver, you know, and so um, it just might not always look like that. So uh, verse 15, oh, I'm sorry, verse 14, for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. You're not, you're not out of the way over here, you know, and, and we're not coming over, uh, over, we're not doing all this stuff for, for no reason. This is all to minister to you the gospel. It's all about the gospel. It's not, uh, it's not about us. It's about the gospel. Verse 15, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope. When your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. You know, because you minister to one person, you know, you teach them something and then it grows in them and then they go get to teach others. You know what I mean? And uh, the Lord works through us in this way. And so it's all connected and we're all a part of the family or the body of Christ. So it doesn't matter if you're a head or a toe or a pinky or an eyeball or, you know, um, if you're an elbow, you know, we all have our purpose. And so be joyful, be glad. You know, you don't need to be the pastor. You don't need to be the head. You could just be the foot. And just be stable or you could, you could, you could, you know, you don't have to have some thing that someone else has. Amen. You can just be faithful in that which God is calling you to do. Just be faithful.
you know, because that is the uh, key, you know, be endure unto the end, endure unto the end. Hallelujah. Um, I'm not trying to hurry up to get through this. Verse 15 again, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope. When your faith is increased, because when you receive correction, folks, your faith will be increased. Hallelujah. Your faith will be increased once you get corrected. You know that it, it at that godly correction will work in you. It'll work in you such a zeal. It, it'll it'll bring forth the fruit of righteousness. Hallelujah. Verse uh uh, I'm sorry, uh, when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. Verse 16, to preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in other men's line of things made ready to our hand, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We glory in what the Lord has done. We glory in who the Lord uh, has made us. Uh, us and who, how he has strengthened himself in the church. We glory in the things that we've gone through because we know God is the one who's brought us through them. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So you don't start getting uh, to be, you know, if I started walking around like, ah, my podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Now, you will definitely hear me uh, recently going around, I'm telling people, hey, check this out. Hey, check this out. And here, I hand out these cards to people and I tell them to flip it up. Uh, I flip over flip over the card. They scan the QR code so that they can hear these messages. I give these out to, to people who, who need them, which are the unsaved people, you know, as the Lord opens up the door. And so, um, and that's something else, you know, but that's the first time I'm saying this on this podcast. You know, this is all by the Lord. Even even when I share it or promote it, it's from the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This is okay. Put this. Okay, say this. You know, that's that. You know, this isn't for uh, anything else. Anyways, verse 18. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. You know, this, I'm going to take this a different way. And I'm going to say it like this, folks. Nobody can tell you that you're saved. You have to have that witness from God that you are saved. You have to get up to the throne and you have to uh, reach the presence of God. The Holy Spirit shed abroad in your hearts by faith. You got to get up to the throne. You know, you don't get to just, you know, cross some T's in your brain. There, there, there is a witness from God. And if you will receive the witness from men telling you that there is a witness from God, folks, the witness from God is greater. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. So um, we're going to go ahead and get back into the book of James. Uh, we left off in chapter two. So we'll get in the book of James and uh, finish out as much of that as we can. All right, praise the Lord. So we're in James and chapter 2, and uh, let's go ahead and we'll start with verse number 9. 
But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin. Hallelujah. I just said that earlier. Praise the Lord. It's a sin to, to respect this person over this person because of whatever weird carnal reason you're doing that. You know, don't do stuff like that. Oh, I like this person because of that person, and I'm going to go to this person because of that person. God doesn't judge that way. You know, measuring yourself, comparing yourself by yourself is unwise. We should be lining ourselves up with Scripture and receiving that commendation from the Lord. You know, the Lord uh, working in us and through us. And you can't judge the work of the Lord based on the flesh. You cannot do that. You can't judge it based on, well, this guy did a miracle, so he must be. No! It has to be the witness from God to your heart. The Holy Spirit being deposited into your heart. And that on a continuous or daily basis. I'd say as much as possible. Because the days are evil. That's why the Bible tells us to redeem the time. Redeem the time for the days are evil. You know, we, we're, we're in a war. This is a war for the people who are lost and dying. And the Lord needs us to be vigilant. And he, he, he needs us to be aware and to not be, you know, shaken and not be judging things in the flesh based on how they look in the flesh. You know, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's a weird flex. Uh, if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin. All right? And then it doesn't matter who you are or what your position is or, you know, how good you look on the outside. It doesn't matter. What matters is that then once you commit sin, verse 9, uh, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Verse 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Hallelujah. For he that said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. You're a sinner. It doesn't matter if you die and you go to hell for uh, uh, murder or lust. You're going to be in hell. Now, there are instances where people get a worse judgment, and that is mentioned, you know, when you knew your father's will, but you didn't do it. You know, it has been better for you to have not known the way of righteousness, then after you have known it, to, to turn from the holy commandment that was delivered unto you. Now, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 22, verses 12 to 16, the Lord breaks down to us uh, how to get through, and then also uh, to, through, through to his kingdom, and then he also tells us who's not going to be there. And I'm going to give you a brief description of, of uh, you know, how deep some of this goes as far as what some of these terms are. So here we go. Let's look at Revelations 22, Revelation, excuse me, 22, 12 to 16. And behold, I come quickly, this is Jesus, and my reward is with me to give to every man according 
as his work shall be. This is Jesus. This is our beautiful God. He says, I am Alpha and Omega. Hallelujah. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Old and New Testament. He's at the very beginning of the Bible. He's at the end of it. Hallelujah. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. Verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments. That they may have right to the tree of life. Do you hear that? Let's go back. Verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Okay, and then uh, verse 15. For outside, and these are the terms we're going to look up, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the and morning star. That's powerful. I love when the Lord says that. He just says, you know, this is the fact. This is what you got to be concerned with. And, and the reason is because I am the root. This is who's talking to us. This is why we are in subjection one to another. Everybody, be ye, all of you, be ye in, subject, in subjection one to another. All of you. You don't hang on to somebody that's abandoned you. You know, if they're gone, they're the hireling to you. They're the hireling. And you, you let them go and you obey those that have the rule over you. And you do it with fear and trembling. You do it in all meekness. You're supposed to do that for, 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 for your soul's sake. Uh, and, you have, and you need to do it with joy so that it's, it's and, and, and just do it so that don't make it difficult for them to, to be your leader. Don't do that. Uh, there's another segment with Jerry, uh, Pastor Jerry, that's going to come out. And uh, it's where I just sat down with him, just asked him some questions. And that might be on the next uh, episode. And because it was so edifying, just ask these questions, random questions. So, amen, that, that'll, that'll probably be on there. Anyway, so I want to go over some of these terms. I just want to highlight how some of these things, uh, dog, sorcerer, whoremonger, murderer, idolater, liars. It's just those four, you know, things. But I'm going to look at and show, look, I'm going to examine them really quickly. Dogs, uh, Christians that die backslidden. The Bible calls, uh, uh, says the person who turns away from the Lord after serving the Lord is as a dog who returns to their own vomit. For without are the dogs, Christians who die backslidden. And if you read in Ezekiel, he talks about when a righteous man turn away from his righteousness and commits wickedness, none of his righteousness is going to be remembered uh, towards him anymore. It's all forgotten. That's why when you fall away from the Lord, if the Lord has mercy on you and he brings you back, then you don't come back in that same way that you fell away. You have to come back with nothing. You have to forget every single thing and you have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as a child all over again. Now that's if the Lord has mercy on the backslidden, uh, sinful, righteous person who turns from their righteousness. Now, if the Lord, it says also, lays a stumbling block in the uh, Christian who is backslidden in your path if you die in that backslidden condition, folks, and the Lord lays that stumbling block in front of you that you die, then you'll go to hell, you see? And so um, 
you know, the, the Lord, the Lord will have you come out of that and be separate. He will have you come out uh, from amongst them. So dogs are Christians that die backslidden, those who experience God but do not truly serve him. Okay, now we'll go to sorcerers. Sorcerers are witches, warlocks, drug dealers, drug users, the drug makers, and the growers. Uh, also Christians living in rebellion. It's mentioned in Samuel. Diviners, people who divine fortune tellers, communicators with the dead or demons, or people who have spirit guides, necromancers, practitioners of Santa Morte, which is an, actually an offspring of the Catholic Church. It's such a weird vibe there, folks, that you would want to stay in that religion. You know, uh, I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit that's going to let you stay there. And it's pretty obvious if you start to, you know, you might. Uh, Hang on to your faith when confronted there, which you shouldn't do. Uh, but then, you know, you probably put your faith back up on the shelf, you know, to keep yourself Catholic. I don't know. It's weird. Get out of it. Uh, but Santa Morta, uh, voodoo, hoodoo, and any form of pagan worship. This is a source. This is sorcery. And in the book of Revelation, when it tells us about the plagues that come down, it also says neither repented they of their fornications or their sorcery. And you think, well, when things are exploding and blowing up and there's bombs and they don't repent of the, how could you not be turned to God? Well, even in the movies that we watch, we see like, you know, in Armageddon and other movies that the lead actor will often fall for the other person. And in the midst of the bombs, and the bullets coming down and the guns, then next thing you know, uh, the disasters, then next thing you know, they'll see each other and start kissing and they'll find a little safe place and there'll be a scene. And so my point, uh, the point there is you can see them not repenting. That's that's their fornication and their sorceries. There's the guy that wants to just smoke well, uh, I'll just smoke this weed real quick or, you know, I'll mix this drink. I found an alcohol. Let me go ahead and do this. They, that's being unrepentant of your fornications or your sorceries. So that is sorcery and that category can extend, but, uh, you know, it, it is. Okay, let's, uh, but that's, that's a good little, little, little tidbit there. And then whoremongers, sexually immoral persons, porn makers and viewers, because if you view it, then you are involved in it. Prostitutions, uh, prostitutes, uh, LGBT variations, all of them. It's all in denial to God. It's whoremongering and lying. Uh, promiscuous persons and abusers of themselves with mankind. Also Christians who have committed spiritual fornication against the Lord. Here we go again, especially those who do not leave false doctrines uh, especially the doctrines of the Catholic Church. It's spiritual fornication. You're taking the holy things of God and you are blaspheming with demons. It's demon worship in there. Uh, rapists fall into this category. Perverts of all kind, including pedophiles and bestiality. Uh, murderers. Those who lie in wait to take a life, help someone else plan a murder, wish death or in uh, wish death on another person. If you're wishing death on another person, you're hating them in your heart. You are a murderer. Uh, also, racism, pride, murder, uh, hating people. Uh, you know that all it all ties in together. Uh, wishing death on another person, helping somebody else kill somebody else, <clears throat> and, or or if you're involved in any way in what's called 
a culling. And you know what that is if you are involved in it. Also, Christians who hate other Christians either by judging evil thoughts against them or refusing to preach the truth to them. Those who break the commandments of the Lord and teach others to do so. Persecutors of people, human traffickers of any kind, unrepentant abortionists, doctors, and patrons of abortion. Okay, and then let's look at idolaters. Idolater is anyone who puts anything at any time before God and doesn't repent. It's narcissist. It's those who worship false gods and false religion. Those who become idols themselves and don't give God the glory. Uh, celebrities who promote sinful lifestyles. This includes all royalty persons, royal, uh, who don't give glory and honor to Jesus Christ or who don't rule and make it a law to serve God. Politicians and other elected officials who don't govern by the word of God. Also Christians who take the word of God in vain. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt not say that you are a Christian and not live according to the standard of Christ. Those who know to do good and don't do it. This also includes blasphemers. These are those with a proud look and those who have respect of persons. It's an idler. Uh, that's an idler. Idolater. Idolatrous person. Liars. Uh, and this is the last one I'll do. Liars are uh, atheists, scientists, and anyone who doesn't live uh, according to every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yea, let God be true, but every man is a liar. Those who preach things that they knew that, that they knew weren't true, but you continue to preach them anyway. Hypocrites and those who preached out of envy, strife, insincerity, or for personal gain. This includes flatterers, con artists, schemers of any kind, extortioners, false prophets, and boasters. White liars as well. There's no such thing as white lies, just a lie. And gender benders. And this is a part of the LGBTQA. Uh, gender benders. This is all you're saying God is false and you're wrong. And these are, it specifically says the gender benders who change the truth of God into a lie, right? And worship to serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Also, Christians that believe and teach heretical things like once saved, always saved, or that tongues or healings don't happen anymore. Also, false religionists like Jehovah Witnesses, cultists, and Mormons who are vainly puffed up by their fleshly minds, intruding to those things which they have not seen. Also, those who do not swear to their own hurt any and all false witnesses. Amen. So you see, so if you break one commandment, praise the Lord, and you have broken them all. And then we go back down to verse 10 here in chapter 2 of James. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Folks, if we're sinning and then we go around sinning in front of people, then we're teaching other people that it's okay to live a sinful life. We're teaching not just your children that it's okay to live a sinful life and not care anything about the commandments of the Lord or seeking the Lord, but you just continue to live in that state and you are teaching people that this is fine. This is you're teaching them the other the wrong way. You're teaching them with your lifestyle. Uh, for he that said, do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. You're just a lawbreaker. You know, and that's why we need to get saved because the one who does the saving is here. How? It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 12. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Hallelujah. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath shown 
no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Well, showing mercy to people, there's nothing more merciful that you could ever do than telling people that Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth soon, that God loves you, that he's made a way of escape for you, that you can be saved. So I want to let you all know right now that Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth soon. <laughs> God loves you so much that he gave you his son, Jesus Christ, that if you believe on him, then you can start to get rooted in the faith and you can start to realize that there's so much more important things for us to do than to be worried about how you look or how somebody else's looks or how where you're supposed to be going to the mall on Saturday, What just all these dumb plans that you make without surrendering them to God because Jesus came here and he broke his own will just so that we could have life. He died and shed his blood for us, for all of us. For He did it for all mankind. For God so loved the world, all of us. There's nothing stronger in this world than the blood of Jesus. Nothing that can separate you from the love of God. He loves us. And so it's our reasonable service now to investigate and to think, think about your life and count the cost. Because now the Lord is not just dying for you so you can cross your heart and walk away. He's showing you the way out because he's going to burn this world up with fire, okay? The world is going to end, and it's already ending, and it's a wicked time right now, and you have to be separate from the evil that's in this world. You have to be spotless from it. That's what the Lord is coming back for, a spotless bride. And if you're not spotless, you are not the, you're not going to be with him. And so there's a way that that happens. It's a process that the Lord works inside of us. Not instant perfection, but it is a process that you must be subject to, and you can't be subject to it if you have respective persons or bitter envying and strife. You know, you got all this bitterness towards this person or this person, or they let me down. <laughs> it wasn't the will of God. For whatever it was, God's will is always highest in our lives. And we need to cast down those imaginations and cast down those vain thoughts. And if you need any help, call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ will hear you. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And you can yell. That's a good thing, but you don't necessarily have to yell. It's not in how loud you are. It is in how sincere you are. And if you are saying, look, Lord, I'm being as sincere as I possibly can be. I know this true, this stuff's true, but I don't, I don't feel it. I don't, I, I just don't really, I can't really focus on it. I just, but, but I need your help because I know deep down inside that it is the right thing. I know that you're the right way and I need you to help me. Lord Jesus, save me, save my soul and start calling on the Lord. Call on the Lord from a sincere place and he will help you. He will answer you. The Lord is alive. Jesus is alive and you are going to find that out one day for sure no matter who you are you will know that Jesus Christ is God and that he is God of everything and everyone at all times without fail he never gets tired he never goes to sleep he is always alive he is always living he is always active he is always powerful and he's here for you until next time, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord strengthen you, may the Lord encourage you. Keep going, don't ever stop. 
never stop. Jesus is here for you. God bless you. Praise the Lord.